Know that the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen, I say to you, this generation shall not pass away till all things be fulfilled. And from the gradual and intro it today, all they that wait on thee shall not be confounded. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The kingdom of God is fulfilled every day in the Holy Mass. It has been fulfilled in every generation, and as the Mass is offered. It's always being fulfilled. Oh, that we had faith like the saints. Nothing would be too hard for those who have the Holy Mass. For we have everything. A kingdom must have a king. Jesus Christ is our king. And he comes to us every day in the Holy Mass. For this same king is really truly present in the Eucharist, even physically, after the consecration. We say he's present in his body, his blood, his soul, and his divinity. At the start of Advent, the church wants us to meditate on the second coming of this King of Kings, our Lord Jesus Christ. And this can be done by meditating upon the Mass. Now consider, from the Scriptures, from tradition, from the fathers of the church, we know that at some point near the end of time, the Antichrist will rise to power. The Antichrist. He will be a real man. He will not be the incarnation of the devil, but will be close as possible as the devil can come to such a thing. Since this man, this man of sin, will be the combination of all evil men heretofore known. He will be all the antichrist prefigurements combined. Put your mind around that one. This man will be the man of sin. But after he rises to power and world dominance, God in his infinite and tender mercy will not allow him to reign longer than three and a half years. Three and a half years. Now it's clear and commonly agreed upon by the saints, the doctors of the church, that he will only gain this power by completely outlawing the Holy Mass. This is because the Antichrist will not tolerate anyone to be worshipped except himself. This is because the power that flows from the Mass, because there's a king reigning through the Mass, and if he's reigning, the Antichrist cannot reign. So he's got to shut down the mass. From this information, we can ask, well, then how long can the world continue without the mass? Well, about three and a half years. And this three and a half years will be the darkest time the world has ever known. The prophet Daniel says, from the time when the continual sacrifice, read in there, the mass shall be taken away, and the abomination unto desolation shall be set up. There shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. St. Augustine and many other saints hold that the holy priests at the time that this happens will flee into the hills and in the caves, and they will hide. 
and they will still offer the Mass secretly. But Christ will be offered secretly, secretly, not publicly. But it makes sense because St. Padre Pio said, it is easier for the world to exist without the Son than without the Mass. If the Mass stops, that's going to be it. So it needs to be offered somewhere. How this three and a half years, how will it come to an end? Well, we have this approved prophecy of Blessed Dionysus of Lutzenberg. And there's other ones that are similar and that can agree with this. He says, after the discovery of the Ark of the Covenant, Enoch and Elias will restore the holy sacrament of the altar. Because of the fact that the Ark of the Covenant will be in possession of the two holy prophets and not in the Antichrist's hands, the Jews will recognize that Jesus Christ is the true Messiah, that he is their king. A great throng of Jews from all lands will then make way to Mount Nebo. And that's where the ark was found. Okay. The Jews will come to believe in the Eucharist and Our Lady because she's the Ark of the Covenant, the living ark, fulfillment of the type, and then they will convert. They will see the Blessed Virgin as the highest honor of their race and of all men. Now, Scripture says that the preaching and work of Enoch and Elias will last 1,260 days, after which they will be martyred and resurrected three days later. If the finding of the Ark and the reinstitution of the Mass come late in their efforts, it shows that the Antichrist cannot last long with the Mass back in place. How long does the Antichrist live beyond Enoch and Elias? 30 days. You can't have one king reigning through the Mass and another king, the devil's king, reigning in the sanctuary. The abomination of desolation. So, in any case, these reflections all show us the power of the Holy Mass. The power of the Eucharist. With this in mind, let us make a little meditation on the following words of Pope Sixtus V. He had these engraved on the obelisk, which stands at the center of St. Peter's Square in Rome. Maybe you've seen them there. Christus vincit regnat imperat, ab omnimalo plebem suam defendat. Christ conquers, he reigns, he commands. May he defend his people from all evil. This magnificent, these magnificent and profound words are in the present tense. Why? To indicate that Christ's triumph is always actual. It's happening now. For those who have faith, we know this is accomplished once again through the perpetual sacrifice of the altar, the Holy Mass. So Christus vincit, Christ conquers. Now our Lord has fought and won control of the field of battle. And he did this through the Mass. He overcame, as it were, the sacrifices of the Jews and their temple by fulfilling them, by completing them in himself, by recapitulating them on Calvary and in the Last Supper, when he instituted, right next to the temple on Mount Zion, the Mass. Now the fathers of the church say the upper room is Zion. 
That's the new Zion. The new Israel is the church. So true Zionists, Zionists causing us so many troubles today, true Zionists love and adore Christ their king in the mass. That means we're true Zionists. And there's false ones out there. The temple has not been reestablished since that time, nor will it be until the Antichrist comes and tries to rebuild it. Our Lord conquered paganism by the offering of the Mass in the catacombs and in the houses of the Roman Empire. Now pagan Rome has been conquered for Christ. It's become the eternal city with all the martyrs in her altars. When Cortes overthrew the Aztecs, the cannibalistic Aztecs, diabolical Aztecs worshiping Satan, their places of human sacrifices were whitewashed and masses were offered there. Soon the Ark of the Covenant, Our Lady of Guadalupe, came and millions converted. This is a type of the end time. The grotto in the Lourdes was an ancient site of devil worship. Masses were said there daily, and many were healed. If you recall, during the visions, Our Lady is in the niche, and the Gav, the river, started to make all kinds of noise and come alive. And Our Lady looked at it, because it was the devil, and he fled. Our Eucharistic king is a conqueror who never halts but ever marches onward. Our Holy Mother, St. Teresa, desired to see his tent erected in as many places as possible and rejoiced every time a new church or chapel was opened. And this is the reason. It keeps the devil at bay. It keeps the Antichrist away. In our time, our king will subject the entire universe. So in time, somehow, we know this is going to happen. Our king will subject the entire universe to his gentle rule. And that includes us. Are we allowing him to conquer us now? For he will rule over us in one way or another. Sooner or later, we will all be bending the knee, whether in heaven, on earth, or under the earth, to our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Advent is a great season for adoring our Lord ever present in the Blessed Sacrament, in our tabernacles. So think about it. It's a great time for attending Mass frequently. Adoring our Lord frequently in the tabernacle. Okay, Christ, Christus reignat, Christ reigns. Here we can think about how our Lord especially rules over souls through his Eucharist. Our king rules through laws, especially the laws of charity, of which he himself is the author. His law is eternal and holy and universal. The Eucharist is the law of the Christian, a law of charity, which was promulgated in the upper room at the Last Supper. This is my commandment, Jesus said at that time, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is why it's called the sacrament of charity. This law is revealed in Holy Communion when two disciples, remember the story, on Easter Sunday, two disciples, they split away. They split away from the apostolic communion. They went their own way. 
But then when Jesus came and he offered the mass, they saw him in the mass and they ran back. They ran back to the apostolic church to reunite themselves with it. Was it not the breaking of the bread that made the first Christians so brave in facing persecution? We're going to need that again. How many kings or leaders rule by such love? You've seen it lately. This is why his faithful followers would rather die than be disloyal to him or hurt him in any way. I hope that's your sentiments. I would rather die than hurt my king, his majesty. Let us then never go to communion if we're aware of a mortal sin on our souls. Let us receive him reverently. And when you receive him, don't chew him. Let him rest on your tongue and beg for its purification. And then swallow reverently. Christus imperat. Christ commands. No other king has commanded the whole universe. No other king has command over the whole universe. All the nations are Christ's inheritance. All power is given to me in heaven and on earth, he said. Going therefore, teach ye all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all days, even to the consummation of the world. So in the Holy Mass, from his tent of meeting, the tabernacle on our altars, he renews his commands given from his headquarters in the upper room. In the Mass, he still issues his commands from his throne upon the cross. All those who fight the good fight receive their orders from this king ever present on our altar. So do we consult our king hmm? when making decisions in our life by attending mass, spending time in adoration? Do we take our orders from him or do we make frivolous decisions? Go to church. Go to mass. Beg for light and grace. And it will come. And you will make decisions that are worthy of the king. Finally, Christus ab omnimalo, pleblem suam defendat. May Christ defend his people from evil. If we pray the mass devoutly and seek him there with a sincere heart, we can ward off the greatest evils. As we have seen, the mass kept the Antichrist or keeps the Antichrist, greatest man of sin, the world rebel, no, He keeps him at bay. In nearly every revolution that has passed through the world in the last five centuries especially, the mass has always been suppressed in some way. This is a type of the end times. Someday the devil is going to be successful. Let us then realize that we can prepare for and withstand any evil through this Holy traditional Mass. Through the Holy Mass, reverently offered, we can ward off the wrath of God. 
Those who faithfully embrace the King, now in this most blessed of sacraments, will not fear His manifestation on that day, or whenever or however we are called to meet Him. Mass is the greatest preparation for that day, because it is the very same Christ we shall meet. Oh, how unhappy, how miserable are those who have fallen away from the Eucharist. What darkness is theirs and will be theirs in the time to come. For those who do not embrace this Holy Mass and the Eucharist will certainly be among those our Lord said would die of fright. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Haven't you noticed it? People are getting afraid. They're doing silly things under fear. Never let fear be your motive, unless it be the fear of God. Come to Mass. Get your strength where it's it's available. It's always here. This is why at Mass we pray at the Libranos. Deliver us, we beseech thee, O Lord, from all evils, past, present, and to come. That through the assistance of thy mercy we shall be always free from sin and secure from every disturbance. May we always be prepared for this wonderful act of sacrifice, this representation of Christ on Calvary dressing properly and modestly no matter what the weather conditions, fasting to prepare our bodies, confessing our sins to prepare our souls, arriving early to pray and staying after to make a proper thanksgiving, attending to our King outside of Mass by visiting Him, spiritually uniting ourselves with Him frequently throughout the day. In doing this, in doing this, we open the way for Christ to command to reign, to conquer us, poor sinners, so that we will be among those he defends and delivers from evil in time and in eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.